me to yell, and I'm not going to yell. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to another Ooh. episode of Kraken One Open. What a change of pace. Right? That sucked. I'm sorry. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to Kraken One Open with Mike. <laughs> and Elise. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Hmm. Are you, though? I guess, like, by process of elimination. Using your damn logic on me. <laughs> That's not what this is about. This is about beer. What are we drinking today? <laughs> we are cracking open. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he said the, the thing. <laughs> this week we're cracking open Poor Judgment, an IPA from Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island. More specifically, the brewery is located in Westerly, Rhode Island. And Graysale uh, was a dream for 15 years before it became a reality in 2011. And the history behind the building itself is actually pretty interesting, too. Oh, yeah. Does it involve pirates? Uh, nah. Man, I was hoping pirates would be involved. All right, continue. (laughs) I'm still interested. (laughs) So the building was originally built in the 1920s as the Westerly Macaroni Factory, where you could buy fresh pasta. I'm interested again. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) After (laughs) World War II, the United States Post Office ran their parcel service out of the building. And that continued until 1989 when Napa Auto Parts moved in. So exciting stuff. We're we're slowly (laughs) decreasing in. (laughs) Uh, But after Napa relocated in 2010, the building was once again available for purchase. So the now owners of Graysale jumped on the opportunity to call it their own and send grain once again coursing through the building. Ah, because it was in the past. Uh uh I get it. I get it. I like it. (laughs) So they brewed their first batch of their flagship ale on 11-11-11, and the rest is history. I remember 11-11-11. Everybody made like a really it was big yesterday. deal of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Poor Judgment actually started out as a collaboration back in 2013 with a restaurant of the same name that's located in Newport, Rhode Island, but it became such a fan favorite at the brewery that they decided to just keep making it and make it available to go. Nice. Yeah. So Graysale says that it's perfect for, quote, post long distant bike rides, parties at the beach and redheads. <laughs> I'm not a redhead, though. Neither am I. Well, I used to be a fake one, but <laughs> so poor judgment clocks in at 6.0 percent ABV and uses the finest German malts along with Columbus, Cascade, Simcoe and Eureka hops. I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) So Columbus hops, obviously, we've talked about before. What's interesting is that their exact lineage is unknown. And Columbus hops are the same as Tomahawk hops. And both of those hops are very similar to Zeus hops. Um, In fact, they are commonly referred to as CTZ or Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. That's cool. I don't think we've had anything with. Tomahawk. Tomahawk that I can remember, but if it's the same as Columbus, then I understand. Mm -hmm. And they're similar to Zeus hops, which I have also not had. Yeah. But I really want to try Zeus hops because like they're called Zeus hops. And that just sounds (laughs) awesome. (laughs) I feel like Tomahawk hops would be brewed more out on the West Coast because I think that's where the Yakima, like the whatever brewery hop farm it was that originally wanted to patent the name was out there. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I could could be totally wrong. Um, So like I said, there's no actual difference 
between Columbus and Tomahawk, aside from the name, is the same hop, just registered to two different companies. And there was actually a pretty big legal dispute about it, about who got to patent the hop. And the companies just kind of settled the dispute by saying, all right, you have your name. I'll have mine. (laughs) That's cool. So Columbus hops have a punchy hoppiness and a deep earthy aroma with an understated citrus note. So it's perfect to use as a dual hop. Um, They're most often used late in the boil when it's super fresh and they have an herbal flavor with a lemon citrus back note. They're used in a really interesting uh, range of beers too, from Imperial Red or Imperial Brown to barley wines, stouts, American ales, lagers, and then now obviously IPAs. Other than the lagers and the IPAs, a lot of what you listed was are, are very strong beers. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm, I'm even more interested now to try this beer. <laughs> we've only just begun. Ooh. We've only just, just begun. begun. You want to watch 1408? No, because you can't get it without the stupid new ending, <laughs> which is awful and ruins the movie. I'm sorry. That's fine. Cascade hops <laughs> were pioneered back in the 50s, uh, released in 1972, and have become insanely popular among brewers, uh, counting currently for about 10% of all the hops grown in the United States. And there are even New Zealand, Argentinian, and Australian varieties of Cascade. Ooh. So Cascade, although it is re- resistant to downy mildew, which is an issue with a lot of other crops it doesn't store well it's just not stable but because of its popularity here in the u.s it's not really an issue because they're not sitting anywhere for too long (laughs) cascade is very versatile for both bittering and aroma but from my research it seems to be more for aroma than for bittering preferably Um, it exudes a distinct spicy citrus aroma with hints of grapefruit shocker (laughs) Uh, and it's really well suited for basically any kind of ale ipa or lager uh, which is probably why it's become kind of a go-to because those are the i in (laughs) what i like that i'm not saying anything so you feel like you need to explain yourself well you're you're giving me a really skeptical look right now so well the grapefruit kind of turns me off i talked about it last episode i'm you're over it i'm not over it i just I don't know. It's always got to be grapefruit and apricot. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say I am kind of done with apricot. Until I, next I was, episode. I was never a huge fan <laughs> of it anyway. Um, Simcoe hops we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, they seem to pop up in very interesting beers, if I recall correctly. I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> but I feel like it's been in a few of the fall slash like winter seasonal beers that we really loved. Okay. Um, so while it's versatile, it's not necessarily overused like other hops. So true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because of its high alpha acid content and relatively low cohumulone levels, Simcoe makes for a good foundational bittering hop and its nickname is Cascade on steroids. It's very often used in conjunction with Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Citra, just for that extra like punch of flavor combo hops (laughs) but it's also used for its aroma qualities because while being pleasantly fruity it is still earthy and piney and those fruits more specifically are berry apricot (laughs) son of a bitch and passion fruit (laughs) (laughs) along with that pine and woodsy earth aroma 
Last but certainly not least, we've got Eureka. Uh, these um, hops. Um, no, no. Say it again. Say it the way I said it before. Consistency Eureka! is key. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm doing an arm punch when I say She's that. She's doing like a half Mario jump almost. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they have similarities to both Simcoe and Summit hops, but they're the progeny of varietals Apollo and Merkur. M-E-R-K-U-R. Did we do an episode with the Merkur before? I don't think so. I feel like you at least mentioned it before. It's It sounds really familiar to me. It looks uh, pretty new to me. And uh, Apollo as well. That I don't recognize as yeah. like obviously a name. Yes. As a uh, hop. No. Yeah. But I'd have to look into that. I feel like we've talked about Merkur before I mentioned it. Um, There's probably a hop that has a really close name. What's the one that back? No, no, I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> Eureka hops are relatively new to the scene with very strong bittering qualities and a complex flavor and aroma profile. It imparts flavors of citrus, tropical fruit like tangerine, dark fruit like black currant and mint. Now we're talking. That's yeah. an interesting hop. All very right. interesting. And it's still dank and has those resinous notes as well. Apparently the early name before it was like officially... Eureka! <laughs> uh, it was called Experimental Pine Fruit. Okay. So that pretty much says it all. Eureka makes more sense, but also Eureka is probably named because they finally found something that wasn't grapefruit or apricot. <laughs> <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Hot take. I know. <laughs> and next week we'll have a beer that tastes like grapefruit and apricot, and I love it. Yep. But it's just, it's nice when there's a change of pace. Yeah. No, that that's totally fair. Uh, so beside being a dual purpose hop, Eureka serves to round out the blends and it really shines as a late addition to the brew with that pungent pine and resin. Pungent and pine. This is going to be a fun episode to edit. Uh, and they're best used in IPAs, Imperial IPAs, American Ales, or Saisons. So why don't we crack it open? I got a question before we do. Sure. So you described what Gray Sales did when they opened and their history of what, how their brewery started. Mm -hmm. Why are they called Gray Sales? Uh, because it's reminiscent of the Gray Sales that you see out on the ocean when you're just chilling on the beach. Okay. So really no pirates, huh? No. Yar. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can we do it in sync? Oh, maybe. I don't know. One. Two, three. Ooh, uh, well, not too far off. You cracked it open better than me. I, I got no nails right now. Oh, yeah, well, that's what happens. So this smells really, really, really good. I can smell like the lemongrassy note. Yeah, I, I get citrus and pine and that those like, clean German malt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Almost like a wheat. Smells, yeah. Which is weird, though, because it's an IPA. Yeah. Not something you, something you see usually just in an ale. No. Yeah. It smells delicious, though. I can't wait. I'm going in. It's super wow. refreshing. Wow. Yeah, it is. This is an excellent summer beer. Holy crap, that's I'm refreshing. really impressed. The taste is very light. Very... Not much of an evolution, not much of an aftertaste. Mm, I'm getting pretty bitter on the on the back end. Really? Mm-hmm. But it's totally balanced out by the, 
the initial sweetness followed by the citrus and then I get the bitter. See, I get that all shoots out pretty much at once for me though. Like if I'm like five seconds after I take that taste, I got nothing. See, the the bitter kind of lingers for me. No, maybe maybe I just really like bitter stuff so much that my bitterness tongue is the bitter <laughs> part of my tongue is just like, yeah, whatever. But I don't even think it's that all that bitter. I mean, I definitely get that lemongrass note that I smell right at the top. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then a little bit of pine with that bitter. So it's like sweet lemongrass, bitter pine, done. But it's, oh, it's cool. It's so crisp and refreshing the whole yeah. way through, though. Like, I was not expecting that. I was expecting. No, because, well, we've also had Captain's Daughter from Gray Sales mm-hmm. on draft at restaurants before. And I would say that's a, it's a pretty different animal than this. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Captain's Daughter's pretty good, though. Yeah. That's why we got this. Yep. <laughs> that we, and the punny. we just had Captain's Daughter last week. That and the punny title. Yeah. We did have Captain's Daughter two weeks ago yeah. at our local uh, restaurant SBC. Southern Brewing Company, which no longer brews their own beer. Wah, wah. They brewed one of your faves. Yeah, hydroponics. Mm-hmm. It's an award-winning one. I had banana in it. It was really, really weird and good. And that was before we liked Sammy. weirding and stuff. I know, yeah. That was like just kind of getting into IPAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, Poor Judgment, is very, very interesting. This is excellent. I don't know if interesting is the right word. I, I, I wouldn't say it's interesting. I would say it's just really good. It's really refreshing. Yeah. It's just, it's really well crafted. It's not, right. it's not specifically interesting for any, like, there's no exotic note that stands out. Yeah. If you're looking for like layers upon layers upon layers, this isn't one of those beers. This is just a very refreshing, crisp, lemony pine yep. beer. Nice on a hot summer day on the deck. This is a perfect deck beer right yeah. here. If you can't decide whether you want an IPA or a lager, <laughs> this is it. This is uh this is what I'm gonna be sipping going out into my uh custom designed tiki deck <laughs> and uh chilling uh, chilling with some tropical tunes, pretending I'm not in Southern Connecticut. Yeah. Pretending I'm somewhere much nicer and warmer. Uh <laughs> and quieter. And quieter. Eh. Yeah, sipping on this would be nice. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely have that. Could I could see me drinking like this would be like if there was something similar to this when we usually go down to Universal for Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, yeah. Late summer. Like this would be a perfect like Florida temperature kind of humidity yes. kind of walking around all day. Let's have a beer. Stop for mm-hmm. a beer. This would be the beer, you know, on City Walk or whatever. Definitely. It's just really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have found more about Eureka Hops, though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eureka Hops. Gotta commit to the bit. I got a beer in my hand. I'm not going to risk spilling that either. At least audio wise, they can't tell that you're not pumping your fist. <laughs> As I'm drinking it, it seems to be getting a lot more bitter. Oh, yeah. I've noticed a little, or not a lot more bitter, more bitter. But in terms of the fact that I wasn't getting a lot of bitter, maybe a, more, a lot more bitter. Is this the power of suggestion or? <laughs> no, I think what's happening is I'm getting used to the sweetness of the lemongrass part of it. That, okay. that front up flavor. Mm-hmm. That's because of the. Lemon citrus. Yeah, would would lemon be citrus. would be the um, Columbus, actually. Oh, Columbus. Yeah. OK. So, yeah, <laughs> I think the sweetness of the Columbus hop and the, the lemony flavor is kind of leading. Columbus hops are kind of giving way now to the 
really bitter agents that are that are in there. I'm getting mm-hmm. a lot of that bitterness, a little bit of that grapefruity taste too, mm-hmm. like just a little bit. And the pine is becoming a little stronger as well as the beer ages in my glass, I guess. Opens up. Opens up. Blossoms, maybe. whatever the term is. Whatever the term is. Or my tongue's just getting used to the lemon. And so that's what I'm tasting over that. But that yeah, definitely has... It doesn't have, still doesn't have a long evolution in my mouth, just a long evolution in the glass, I guess. Yeah. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good though. Damn good. So you get these boys in 12 ounce cans. In a six pack. In a six pack. The can is rather simple. It's a dark blue, kind of like a, I would say almost like the Blue Ranger in the Power Rangers movie when he gets his upgraded suit that's all <laughs> shiny, like that dark sh- metallic blue. And it's got what I imagined to be the sun or something i don't know like a sphere made up of lines going down it and poor judgments written in kind of graffiti script with a hand a poor uh, like a crudely drawn hand holding up a beer mug or beer pint glass as an ipa an india pale ale brewed by graysale brewing of rhode island six percent mm-hmm. by volume 12 fluid ounces and on the side of the can Kind of going up in a little strip. It says, in 2013, we teamed up with our friends at Poor Judgment Bar and Grill in Newport, Rhode Island, to bring their house IPA with the finest German malt and Eureka hops. <laughs> this beer gained so much devotion that we now offer PJ IPA to go. If you're an IPA fan, go use some good judgment and grab a Poor Judgment. Cheers. So speaking of that graffiti-esque font that they used, it's actually... Probably like the closest they could come to the actual font on the restaurant's sign. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's pretty cool. Right? Nice. Good job looking looking that up. Look at you. (laughs) What I also like is this can actually has the address of the brewery also. So it says Graysale Brewing of Rhode Island, 63 Canal Street, Westerly, Rhode Island. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of breweries actually put their address on the cans or bottles, which... Yeah, that's true. They just say, like, maybe where the, the city is. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, everybody's got a cell phone, so everyone can just look it up. Mm-hmm. But I kind of like that it's on the it's side a nice there. touch. Maybe because it's a historical building. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. So we were just going over our notes for the entertainment <laughs> stuff um, to see, like, what we wanted to talk about for that part of it. And then we started talking about how we wanted another poor judgment, and unfortunately we only put two in the fridge for yeah, this episode so I'm we have sorry. to that was a fail on get my the part. other two cold before we move on because we drank <laughs> most of this 12 ounce already um it's so good but we started talking about how i noticed that the spring ale that we we bring up but for, we, we mistakenly <laughs> did not bring uh we did not do a podcast on we'll have to wait for next year mm-hmm. the spring ale by back east the summer ale by back east the swag do, by yeah. black hog yep. and then this poor judgment by gray sales all seem to be very, very similar. Very, very similar. Almost like part of the same family of beers. Mm-hmm. And and they are rather different, but they all have such similar notes to it that that's I what I it, think of. Yeah, I feel like it pulls the lemoniness from Back East Spring Ale, the bitterness from Summer Ale, also Back East, and then the the maltiness, like the underlying maltiness. But there's also there's something else that swag has. Well, they all have this this wheat. Yes, this sweet wheat. Well, okay, so that's what swag would would impart because that's a hazy wheat ale. But they all seem to have. I think that's what I'm tasting in all of these, or or maybe it's the lemon. It's this this sweet, very weedy. It's not. The IPA that you usually have in the summer where it's yeah. like 
trying to be mango or apricot or grapefruit or, you know, pineapple or papaya or, and, and I'm not saying any of those are wrong. And I, like I said, the apricot thing, like they I am a little place. over, but they have their they, time. Absolutely. I love them all. And I buy fridges full of grapefruit and yeah. mango and apricot <laughs> shit. So as much as I talk shit about it, our fridge is stocked full of it. So I still drink it and I love it. I just am looking for new stuff as well. Exactly. But and I think this is a really nice kind of hybrid. This Is this like the new thing though? Do you think maybe this grapefruit? I am. Or this is like the new okay grapefruit? With that. Is this lemon wheat? Yeah. You're okay with it until it becomes the new norm for the next five years. And then that's well, all you have. Yeah. Then until it gets old. But. But yeah, I. I it's so refreshing. It's very summery. It more than anything, like you can have any of those apricot beers, I think, during the the winter time and the grapefruit beers in the yeah. winter. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, it's an IPA with apricot. Okay. But like this, I I can have it in the winter. But even if I had it in the winter, what it would remind me of mm-hmm. is, is summer. The summer more than anything. Just like you you can really drink Blue Moon any time of the year. It's on it's a mainstay on taps everywhere, but I really only want it in the summertime. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. I could have Blue Moon anytime. <laughs> I don't think it's particularly wintry or summery rather, but okay. Yeah, there's something about this. It's like a family of, and they're all different breweries and they're no, all different the, beers. The two of them are repeats. No, two of them are the same brewery. So spring and <laughs> summer ale are back, back east. Four, three different breweries and four very different beers. Yes. And yet there's, there's similarities in them that really tie them together for like this warm weather beer. Mm-hmm. That is very interesting and something that I am really into right now for some reason. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's I almost different. want to seek this out now. The style out. Yeah. But what makes it the style? <gasps> That's what we have to figure out. That's why I have to go to beer school. <laughs> you hear that podcast, people who are listening? <laughs> Send my baby to beer school. Donations can be made to PayPal, Venmo, or Patreon at. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually, Patreon. Not Venmo or PayPal. That's sketchy. That's lame. We we, we got to give something back to get something. Exactly. It's not just, yo, you send us stuff. Anyway, okay. I need another beer. You might as well pause this now. <laughs> done and done. But All now right. I'm recording again. <laughs> so now that we've got two other beers in our hands. <laughs> in fact, if we'd like to, I've got an Area 2 tequila and you've got the... Southern Tier Brewing Company's Tropical Blaze, which we featured two episodes ago. It's true. She didn't drink her last bottle. I drank all my bottles already, so that's for her. So, on to some entertainment news, I suppose. Yes. Bring it on. So, in an unfortunate bit of news, it was announced today, we are recording on a Monday today, Mm -hmm. that Ennio Mericone, the Oscar-winning composer, uh, who has scored um, a whopping... 400 plus scores for film and television. Wow. Uh, as well as over 100 classical works. He has passed away. He, he's, for those who don't know, he's an Italian film composer who you would best know as doing a lot of the big bombastic symphonic scores for the old spaghetti Western films. Okay. Uh, but he did a lot of Italian films, a lot of modern films as well. Interesting. He's big time uh, romance, thriller movies. He's passed away at the age of 91. Unfortunately, he passed away today after suffering complications from a fall that caused him to have a hip fracture. So he first rose to celebrity in 1960s with Sergio Leone's spaghetti Western films that you might know, like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Mm -hmm. 
and other films such as those. Basically, if it's got Clint Eastwood in the desert and it doesn't <laughs> quite look like America, uh, it's more than likely that Ennio Marconi had scored it. Mm-hmm. And if it's Sergio Leone, you know it. He also was nominated six times for Oscars for Best Original Score for Days of Heaven, The Mission, The Untouchables, Oh wow, Bugsy, Molina, and The Hateful Eight most recently. I kind of recognize all of those. Right? Okay, so how, is The Hateful Eight one of the most recent things that he's done, or has he done anything even more recently than that? Because at 91 years old, even knowing that he did The Hateful Eight just a few years ago, that's damn impressive. Uh, I believe... As far as I know, I think that was his last film score at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, Quentin Tarantino kind of asked him to come back for that um, because Django kind of had music that was uh, kind of an homage to him a lot mm-hmm. of it. And oh, then when he did The right, Hateful right, right. Eight as well, he really wanted to get him on board. He he always wanted to work with him. Mm-hmm. As a lot of people know, Quentin Tarantino Love spaghetti western type movies. Love those yeah. movies from the sixties and stuff. <laughs> They're a big inspiration for him. So he was able to get him, and he got his Oscar for that. Uh, it was actually his first competitive Academy Award win wow. uh, for the Hateful Eight. In that eighty plus years old, he composed fifty plus minutes of original music. Uh, he also has three Grammys, three Golden Globes, and six Baftas, along with a ton of other awards that he's won for his seventy award winning films. Damn. That's crazy. That's some serious talent right there. Yeah, he is essentially, I always talk about John Williams as being the greatest film composer of all time. And I'm not saying he's not. <laughs> um, I I very much like John Williams. And I do think he is the greatest co- film composer of all time. But Ennio Marconi was really what gave you these scores before John Williams became yeah. like a thing. When he was still doing television, he was giving you these huge scores that are highly influential to he's the, the so definition of prolific. many people. He is. And he's also the definition of Western um, mm-hmm. soundtracks. And that kind of, if it, a lot of people, you know, won't go back to those movies of the sixties and seventies and uh, old movies, whatever, which mm-hmm. is why I do forgotten cinema with my buddy, Mike Field. <laughs> but You've got to realize that a lot of the filmmakers that you love, like Quentin Tarantino, like Edgar Wright, they all are inspired by the works of who came before them, Mm -hmm. especially like Ennio Marconi, like as a composer, that is big time for everybody. Like when you think of Good, Bad and the Ugly, what's the first thing you think of is. And and all that. But even I mean, that's just part of his huge score. Mm hmm. But these things are highly influential to everybody in all different movie scenes throughout time and television as well. So a lot of your favorite artists are, are very much inspired by his works. And as most people know who do movies and TV or are fans, without a good score. You got nothing. Your movie's just not as good. Yeah. So it was sad that he passed, but he's got an amazing career and he lived a very long life. So. Yeah. Rest in peace. Cheers to him. Rest in peace. You got anything for me, baby? I do not. Okay, then Mo- I guess most of the rest of the, <laughs> this week's uh, entertainment news was very depressing, COVID related. Well, I got some semi-COVID news. <laughs> some good news coming out of it, I guess. A oh, yeah? uh, a bunch of films have been cleared to resume production in England. Uh, oh, okay. Or have been given yeah. an exemption from quarantine rules. Uh, among those films are The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, directed by Matthew Reeves, and Mission Impossible Seven, starring again. Tom Cruise, which was really Mission Impossible 7 and 8 because he's shooting them back to back. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are two very big names to 
be able to start again. That's cool. Yep. So they'll get started this summer, uh, as well as I believe The Witcher, starring Henry Cavill. Yep. Um, because that is also filming in England, will be starting in mid August. So they are, as long as the people working there are traveling to the country they live in, working controlled bubbled environments which only includes their production and com- uh, accommodation locations. This is all per the Hollywood Reporter. They can work. So basically they have to stay in the country they're working in. I think that's reasonable. And stay in their little environment. So they basically have to, I don't know, rent an entire hotel and create like a place where you're only eating in the hotel. You're going to take out one person will take out takeout maybe and then give it to everybody else. You know, actors, producers, Crew, everybody staying in the yeah, same places, just going to the set, precaution. or maybe even sleeping on set, sleeping in trailers, whatever they can do to keep it keep it going. But you're stuck mm-hmm. there, which makes sense. It's it definitely safe, but it makes sense. Kind of sucks, yeah. So like, I can see this happening in England and London, where there's a lot of sound stages and stuff like that, yeah. where they have a lot of actors coming over from America. But in Los Angeles, a lot of the actors will go home at the end of their workday. Mm-hmm. And you can't really do that now with this kind of rule. So not at all. No. I'll be very interested to see if Los Angeles starts to approve stuff like that, where it's like, OK, but you have to say Warner Brothers a lot. You can't go home to your families Oof. and see how many actors or crew go. Yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> no, let's pause it because uh, I got a kid at home and yeah. this sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> go back and like especially actors go back to my mansion or stay on set in a tiny trailer. Let's weigh our options here. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I mean, at least it's a good news for these films, like the Batman for Mission Impossible 7. We might get a couple of films in 2021. <laughs> Yay. But, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a good thing that maybe some stuff has started to kind of. Yeah, it, it, it's a good sign. Up. At least this way, we, we don't have a complete like full year to look forward to of zoom call based entertainment yeah it's gonna get real old real quick i guess uh jurassic world dominion is actually gonna resume filming this week at pinewood i believe it's one of the first major motion pictures back to filming all right and i guess my last bit of news (laughs) is that on hbo max we talked about it before it's Mm -hmm. up and running if you haven't checked it out check it out it's got a bunch of good stuff it's got two interesting things that uh from like a nerdy perspective i really think are interesting okay so If you go on HBO Max to watch Casino Royale, Mm -hmm. what you're going to get is not the American theatrical cut that everyone, at least on our side of the pond, has and has watched. A bajillion times. I have watched a bajillion times. Uh, You are going to get the theatrical cut, the international theatrical cut, I guess, which is a little different. Mm -hmm. It includes a longer torture scene and action scenes that make up the violence in the film. Which is surprising because usually it's America that is upping the violence. Yeah. But they have lowered the violence because they wanted that PG-13 rating. Oh. And it's interesting that they have to do that in America, lower the violence. Yeah. And we're able to keep that violence high to get that same rating in other countries. (laughs) So it's not a terribly longer cut of the film, which is nice because Casino Royale is already quite a long film. It is. But. Excellent. But on the longer side. I am interested to see the more intense fights and uh, an extended torture scene, which they didn't say if it's like or interrogation scene. So I don't know if that's James Bond tied to the chair, which I doubt it because that's pretty concise. But at the same time, it would make sense if it was in terms of like determining a PG-13 versus R rating. If they're beating his balls with that (laughs) rope, then maybe they had to cut that scene down 
oh, I to don't get know. to achieve a PG-13 rating. I think that scene is pretty much intact. I would almost wonder if the interrogation scene in question is when Le Chief gets kept, uh, captured by the African guys mm. that he screwed over and oh. they want to take his girlfriend's hand. Yeah. He doesn't say anything. I would almost wonder if that scene is longer. Oh. Because that's okay. pretty uh, violent as well. That and would threatening be. to cut the lady's hand off and yeah. stuff. I can see that getting a little expanded. Okay. And just the action scenes. Is it, would I like to see more of like the chase at the beginning? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The fall of the, the house in Venice scene uh, expanded. Sure. Do I want to watch James Bond beat up more bad guys? All extended the Vespers time. Death. I don't need to watch her drown for longer, but yes. <laughs> so let me, I definitely want to check it out. I have not checked it out yet. I've probably seen Casino Royale easily well over 25 times. Easily, because um, I've seen it at least 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very excited to see it. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, and I definitely want to check this version out. Also on HBO Max, they have now replaced the Batman vs. Superman film with uh, Dawn of Justice, quote unquote. Okay. With the extended Blu-ray edition that had come out. So it's not, I guess it's kind of a director's cut. Anybody who owns the Blu-ray has seen this version. You and I have only watched it in theaters. Uh, so we have not seen this version. This version uh, expands on, I guess, the death of Jimmy Olsen, which is lame. Uh, the movie has some bad parts to it. Uh, so Jimmy Olsen is a throwaway character they killed at the beginning just because they thought it would be cool. Lame. But you get a little bit more yeah, with him. But- Jenna Malone plays a character that they cut completely out of the movie. Really? Uh, and a whole investigation, basically, by Lois Lane to figure out who Batman is and if he's real. And they cut that whole plot line from, from the movie completely so that she barely has any screen time, Lois Lane, and Jenna mm-hmm. Malone got cut completely. So this will actually uh, have Jenna Malone as a character. She's not a comic book character, I believe, at least not a well-known one. A lot of rumors had her as Batgirl, which isn't uh, actually the truth. But she is someone who knows Bruce Wayne, who Amy Adams' character of uh, Lois Lane goes to investigate. Mm-hmm. And it's got a bunch of other expanded scenes, so... That's pretty cool that HBO Max is giving you these extended deep cuts of these films that you can get along yeah. with obviously Justice League comes out next year, which nice is going bonus. to be Zack Snyder's cut, which is going to have a ton more scenes and kind of be recut along with his original vision and hopefully have uh, a little bit better version of Henry Cavill with the digitally removed mustache because that's just Ugh. garbage. <laughs> they did not do a good job with that, but still, that's that's pretty cool. And hopefully we'll see a lot other a lot more. You know, director's cut and stuff like that. I know that I believe HBO Max is also now home to. Nope, I'm wrong. Cut that. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I, we'll yeah, get I think more that would be really cuts. interesting. There's a lot of people out there who I'm sure would appreciate being able to watch the director's cut or special edits or, I mean, any kind of extra special features. It's a reason to get the platform. Yeah, if mm-hmm. I already if you're showing older movies. But all of a sudden it's older movies with, yeah, a ton more stuff. It's like, yeah, I might already have the movie, but I don't have that. Exactly. So for sure. And hopefully maybe, you know, Peacock's coming out soon. Peacock's going to have all the universal um, pictures. So maybe we'll see maybe some Jason Bourne extended cuts. That'd be cool. Especially since they just opened the experience down at Universal Studios. Mm Spectacular. So, yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I think they like Universal's got the Jurassic Park franchise as well. You know, any little bit they can put out onto their platform that really sells at home for people that are like filmies or, or people that really like film. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that'd be cool. Cinephiles stuff. Yeah. So that's all the news I've got. It's kind of a slow week. 
It in is. terms of news, it's it's not so much a. Uh, but we got some good freaking beer. We got some beer. Beer's not slowing down, everybody. Check it's out not. beer. Support your local brewery. Hells yes. We do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and check out Gray Sales, especially for their one of their mainstay beers, Poor Judgment IPA, featured on this episode. That's right. If, uh, you know, go check them out. Pick up to go options. You know, if they have uh, safe outdoor dining, uh, go check them out. Make reservations if they have it available. You know, support them in any way you can. It's true. Rhode Island should be along the same lines as we are here in Connecticut mm-hmm. in terms mm-hmm. of indoor and outdoor dining. Wear your mask, sit down at your table, take off your mask, eat and drink. Go home. <laughs> Safe, efficient, but you still get you get your drink on at a brewery, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the summertime we when it's beautiful it. outside. So thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Open. Or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with questions, suggestions. Hey, check out this beer. We we want to hear, you know, what you want to hear about. What are you guys drinking? Let us know what you guys are drinking in the comments. And also, if you're a brewery, if you have a new beer that you want us to taste and, and check out, let us know. If it's yeah. available to us, we'll pick it up. If you want to send us some, <laughs> we won't mind that either. Um <laughs> But we'll also come to you if it's, you know. If it's within driving distance, we'll come yeah. to you. And and if we can do it safely, we'll do a whole interview. We'll record you guys. If you guys want to record yourselves or do a little like question or answer that we can just read over the air, let us know. We totally too. want to do that. So you got anything else you would like to plug? <laughs> oh, do I? I've got two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema that I do with my buddy Mike Field, uh, where we look at films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem forgotten cinemas comes out every wednesday wherever you get your podcasts check us out on social media at forgotten cinema pod and we do commercials every thursday i've also got two player bros a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games i do with my buddy dave cannon uh it's about two guys who play way too many video games we do <laughs> what else can i say Every other week, we will do a deep dive on your favorite games, whether it be a new release that we're fi- we finished, we're reviewing, we're diving deep into what developers have said about the game, what we think about the game and the gameplay and the story. And then every other week, we will also do a Two Player Bros news episode where we will go on the latest news previews, what we're playing currently, just in terms of just playing for fun. And we'll talk about everything from all systems, from Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation, VR, PC. We have them all. We play them all. We talk about them all. That comes out every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. You can check it out at twoplayerbros.com. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Till next time, baby. Cheers. Cheers.